Hi, I'm Greg Ulan with Reynolds and Reynolds, and this is Connected. You can watch or listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you like what you hear today, please make sure to subscribe so you're notified as new episodes are released. Uh, today, we're going to talk with Brad Schaefer, director and founder of Recontract, and Anthony Montero, COO of Draver. Uh, we're going to talk about basically flipping used cars faster uh, with inventory kind of stand tight out there right now. Let's get connected. Brad, Anthony, it's great to have you both here today. Thanks so much for uh, for joining. Thanks for having Thanks us. Here. Thanks. Yep, absolutely. Um, so in in today's world, you know, inventory continues to be to be quite an issue. So I'm excited to get input from both of you on how you're see, seeing uh, dealers handle it. Uh, but before we dive in, can both of you maybe give a little bit of your background? Um, Anthony, you want to go ahead and start? Sure. Um, I'm a relic in the business. I've, I've been in the car business since 1989, started selling cars in the front line, uh, became a manager and a general manager. Uh, early 1996, um, I met a guy named Haim Zamani. We started an internet car buying site in 1996 called autoweb.com. Um, and within three years, we were able to take that company public. And that was, was an amazing journey to you know, be out in the front of car buying on the internet in 96 through 2000. We moved to California, did the whole dot-com bubble thing. So it was, that was a very interesting uh, journey. Um, but from there, learned a lot, uh, started a consulting company of how to sell cars on the internet and ended up with uh, John Traver. And shortly thereafter, ADP came in and bought John Traver. So I became an ADP employee. Um, I quickly moved out of that business and, um, Went to join uh, a good friend of mine, David Rosenberg at Prime Motor Group and worked with him for many years up in Boston, putting together BDCs and technology around how to better um, coordinate leads coming in and calls and word tracks. Um, fast forward, uh, got recruited by Sonic Automotive Group and went to work for them for uh, several years at their corporate office in Charlotte. Hot again, how to create BDCs and processes and taking technology. And the technology they had was eLead. And they actually brought me to Destin. That's where I'm at now, Destin, Florida, to work in the eLead office as a Sonic employee, standardizing processes around software. They hired me at eLead. I stayed there for nine years as a product VP. And um, uh, again, ADP, which is now CDK, came and bought uh, E-lead. So I decided I didn't want to do that. And here I am working, uh, started Draver with a partner of mine, Sarif Hawk, and um, we're moving cars at scale with technology. Excellent. All right. Great, uh, great background. Uh, Brad, go ahead. Uh, much like Anthony, I think I could call myself a relic as well. Uh, I grew up as a uh, son of a Matco tool salesman, so I've been around the yeah. shops my whole life, and uh, been about 25 years in retail uh, with some of the big boys. I was with AutoNation for a while, Asbury, uh, JM Family. I was the uh, fixed ops director for the largest Lexus dealer in the country for about uh, that. I think they were there for about 25 years, and uh, then I started uh, Recontract. Uh, focusing on uh, reconditioning uh, vehicles through the shop. So uh, that's where I'm at today. Isn't that amazing how, you know, everybody, everybody in this industry, I swear, once, once it's in your blood, you can't, you can't get out, right. You just, you just stay in one, one way, shape or form. um, It's it's too fun uh, being a part of this industry to, uh, to get out of it. So no, it's great to. 
not to jump off track here, but it's a funny, real quick, funny story. When I first got in the business, my degrees in architecture and went to school in Boston and working at this big architectural firm, stock market crashes and I get fired, right? They lay me off. So my neighbor says, let's go sell cars. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And uh, the second week, the manager, Bob Campo, looked at me. He goes, dude, you're a lifer. And he was, this was in Boston with the heavy accent. And I had no idea what he was talking about. He said, you're a lifer. You'll be here for life. And I'm like, it'll never happen. And here I am 30 plus years later. That works. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's too much fun. That's that's why. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, hey, let's let's start by uh, by setting the stage a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, demand right now is still still outpacing supply, new and used. Um, it's it's no news there. Um, but you know, on average, I'm uh, just thinking about the <laughs> that that outpacing. On average, right now, how long is a car sitting on a lot before it's sold? Gosh, you know, it's probably a week or maybe less because some of the vehicles are actually being sold before they even get to the retail lots. You know, I, I the reconditioning piece of it is is funny, right? People like to say, well, you know, we get this car out in three days, but they forget to talk about things like, you know, Anthony's moving these cars around and, you know, things like, you know, I needed to send it down to the, the competitive dealer to get a recall done. I needed to get the car, uh, you know, moved around the shop. I mean, internal communication is terrible. So believe it or not, these reconditioning of a vehicle uh, historically has been around uh, around 12 days, 12.2 days is what we see on average, because, uh, you know, when you start to talk about stocking the cars in, you know, doing the first check, uh, getting the car through the shop, through the body shop, you add up these cars that left, you know, for a recall for, you know, a week and a half, two weeks. Uh, it's it's bigger than you think it is. So, uh, you know, there's some varying numbers out there, but we've seen uh, excessive of 12 days in total. Yeah. And, you know, on top of it, that compiles this problem is the actual movement of the vehicle. And that's kind of where we've come in working with with reconditioning operations to say, hey, you're taking two days off off of the recon process, three days or four days. What about the time from when the vehicle's acquired? You know, there's there's a lot of vehicle acquisition going on now that's just not trade-ins. People and companies are buying vehicles directly from consumers or directly in repair shops. So how quickly can I get that vehicle from the acquisition point into the recon center? And then once it comes through recon, how fast can I get it out onto my retail lot? Or in some cases, directly into the customer's driveway as it comes out of recon. So, you know, if if, if you take all that wasted time and in, in put efficient processes around it, you really get down to a four or five day total process. Yeah. Yeah, well, and if you if you think about it, I mean, you know, if, if time from the lot to the sale is whatever five to seven days, like you said, Anthony, you know, a week or less, but it's twelve days from acquisition to the lot. You know, I don't think anybody would argue that shrinking that uh, that twelve days down is, is a problem they'd like to fix. Um, but what's, I guess, it's a fairly obvious one. So, what's preventing dealers from from attacking it and, and fixing that problem in that that lag time? You know, there's there's a ton of problems right now, right? You've got technician shortages. We we've, we've talked about that in previous podcasts. You know, there's it, it's getting worse, right? People are you know very difficult to find. Internal processes. I mean, some of the worst communication is interdepartmental, right? I mean, if you ever you know, body shop the sales and you know, finance to the accounting department, 
Um, you do fairly decent job and, you know, internally in your department, but when you're dealing with a used car, I mean, this thing's touching everybody, right? I'm, I'm trying to reach out to, to Anthony to move cars. We're trying to, trying to get that car uh, stocked in, uh, inspected. We're trying to get the parts. Um, you know, there's just a, a ton of problems that are, that can keep this car from getting to the front line quickly. And right now, you know, the faster you can move these cars, the faster you can reinvest your money um, because you're going to sell that car quickly. So it's uh, never more important. Yeah. And, you know, teeing off of what Brad just said is finding technicians is one thing, but now you have this whole uh, issue of trying to find porters in, in uh, entry level wage employees to come and work at that 15 to $20 an hour range. And, you, and, and the dealers can't find them because they're still getting some stimulus checks or they're doing these other jobs that are paying more than that. And the other thing is it's it's very unstable because when you look at that position, you might need to move 10 cars today and 40 tomorrow. So you end up with these the staffing issue of, I don't know what my volume is and I'm sending these guys home early or I don't have enough work for them or I have too much work and I don't have enough of those people. So I'm not able to move the car. So it's really, really hard to manage right now. Um, without some of these these processes and, and software applications that we'll talk about. Yeah, I was talking to a dealer a couple of weeks ago uh, out of Indiana, you know, the body shop issue or body shop industry as a whole. I mean, it's so difficult to find people, even even worse in the service departments in, in a lot of areas. Dude, he was going to be shutting his body shop down if he lost another tech. He'd had wrecks out for, for months and he had just kind of slowly over, over years continued to lose people. And he was getting ready to shut the body shop down as a whole, which is insane to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so thinking about these issues and, and maybe even inventory as a whole, um, what are you guys seeing on the horizon? What are you hearing out there? What are you seeing yourselves? Um, any, any relief coming down the, the pipe here? Yes and no. I mean, obviously, we've all heard about the chip shortages and parts and, um, you know, depreciation. You know, we'll talk a little bit about the depreciation of, of vehicles right now. I mean, we've, you know, we, we always use our mathematical formulas on how much you're losing. Yeah, it's kind of kind of been the opposite way the last year. If you had a bunch of cars, you're going to it's kind of like an asset. You know, you're making money on these things, but that's not going to be forever. Right. As these as these cars start to hit, uh, there's such a pent up demand for new cars right now. Um, you've got, you know, thousands of cars sitting in the ports waiting for a chip or waiting for an armrest. Uh, as those things hit the market, um, and it, you're going to have those cars plus the normal production of vehicles hitting these stores with a, with a massive demand for, for sales, right? Which, what's that going to do? That's going to that's gonna dump used cars into the market. And when that pendulum swings, it's going to be like nothing we've ever seen, right? Higher, higher demand than we've ever seen on new. When those hit at, a, at a, almost a you know double capacity from normal production plus the parts we're waiting for, uh, you're going to have a ton of used cars coming in. So, uh, thing I've uh, you know we're, we don't know exactly when that will be, but that will be at some point in the future. So, it's time to get your house in order today, right? Those those that are sitting around uh, you know sulking that they don't have a lot of business right now. Um, you know, you gotta be, gotta, gotta be, uh, ready for the future. And that, that time is right now. Yeah. And, uh, again, on that point, you've got all these vehicles sitting at the ports ready to go. And when these parts come in and these chips hit, now you've got this huge influx of vehicles that need to be moved somewhere in the logistics that needs to be in place to get them on your lot. And then when they're on your lot to be able to make sure 
that um, you're able to get those vehicles somewhere else if you need them to lot rebalancing between dealer to dealer. Somebody wants the Toyota at the Ford store. So if if dealers plan today for all of this influx of vehicles coming into their lots and then this new wave of used cars that are going to be available as more trades come in, how do I plan today to make sure all of these logistics and processes are in place so I can handle it. And I don't, I don't get caught flat footed. Yeah. Forever. We've, you know, you call, you call Mike uh, from the service department to run that car down the street or, or lease it, or take that car, you know, around the corner. You don't have those, you don't have those associates now, right? There, there's no valets. There's no, you know, the, it's, it's a, uh, it's a weird time in our industry. Yeah. Think about the lack of communication, right? You've got the, parts guy, you've got the service manager, and you've got the sales manager all telling these people to do all these things of moving cars here and moving them there, but none of them are really talking to each other. You touched on that point. Is the sales manager calling the service manager to say, hey, I have a service pickup and delivery, and I've got a home delivery, and I also need a car that goes to recon. What if you can connect all those together and just make it happen really easily and, and take away some of the cost and make it happen faster? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, all right, guys. Well, I want to be obviously respectful of, of your time. Um, what else haven't we talked about that we should? Anything uh, Anything you guys want to touch on that we, we haven't already discussed? You know, a little bit, uh, in, you know, not just automotive, right? I mean, how many how many times have you seen a, a sign in the in the store that you're going into letting you know you're going to get bad service, right? I mean, that's that's insane, right? You walk into a restaurant and and they're telling you right up front, you know, we're going to provide bad service. I don't remember in my, you know, in my lifetime that I've ever seen anything like this before. And I mean, it's it's true, we, we're short on people, but you know, the great operators are going to figure this deal out, right? I mean, forever we've been competing with with our other competitors down the street. Uh, that have the product and it's going to get back to that. So right now is the opportunity to to figure this deal out, right? I mean, figure out why people don't want to work for you and and fix that today, or or find uh, find the people that do and and get your customer service and get your business in order today. So um, that's it. I mean, it's just uh, great operators, like I said, are gonna are gonna win in the long run. And right now is a, a prime opportunity to get your business uh, in order because others aren't and they think they have an excuse to do so. So it's uh it's kind of it on my side. Yeah, um, you know, Brad's right. Customer service is is really lacking. So, as a dealer operator, if if you can get creative and be innovative, think about how you could you could wow a customer with what we're talking about right now. Customer goes online, finds a vehicle they like before it even hits the front lot. They watch it go through the recon process. And then they watch it show up in their driveway like a DoorDash coming down the road, nice and shiny in their driveway. How about that for for a customer experience? And a wow, that was really cool. So you know, dealers have to really get innovative because the the market is changing. And if you don't put these these software applications and processes in place, you're still you're going to fall way behind from the folks that are thinking that way and are going to deliver those services to really wow their customers. Great. All right. Well, Brad, Anthony, really appreciate both of you taking time. Um, for anybody that wants to learn a little bit more about uh, Recon Track and about Draver, uh, where should uh, where should they go visit? Recontract.com and www.draver.com. 
All right. Sounds great. We'll put, uh, we can put links in the, uh, in the notes for this show as well. So again, appreciate both of your time um, and uh, good luck out there. Have fun. And we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having us. It was great talking with both Brad and Anthony today about all the way from acquisition to uh, frontline ready best practices and what they see coming on the horizon. Uh, before we hop off, remember you can always watch or listen on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Make sure to subscribe so you're notified as new episodes are released. Uh, thanks for joining today, and we'll see you in two weeks.